Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, Famous Last Words. We are nearing the halfway mark on our 31 Days of Horror. Today we are talking about Dario Argento's Opera uh, from 1987. This movie is about a... It's it's Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. My name's Andrew. Oh, and I'm Teresa. This movie... Okay, so we've talked about, in the past, we talked about... Deep Red. Deep Red, and we talked about Suspiria. We also watched this one around the same time, um, and this movie is different. Yeah, this was not, to be completely honest, this was not in our original list of movies that we wanted to do um, for 31 Days of Horror. But, you know, we were inspired by watching um, Deep Red and, and a documentary about the genre. Um we were like, mm, let's just watch this one because we really like the classic Phantom of the Opera story. Yeah, the the night the silent film with uh, Lon Chaney is one of my favorites, and it's one of your favorites, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie um, is a really interesting take on it. I this movie, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think this movie is as good as Suspiria, which is my favorite Argento movie. Um, in some ways, it's more terrifying. And with one simple fix, this movie could just be almost unbearably terrifying. What, um, what fix? What? What? Why all the time with the music? All the time with the oh. music that doesn't match the mood and goes against what you're thinking. Because the sequences. Oh, spoiler alert! Uh, the sequences where the the phantom is taping the like little shards of like metal, the little the, the little pins, pins underneath her eyes. So if she blinks, she'll pierce her eyelids, and you know. But and then he's gonna kill someone, do something horrific to someone, and he like stabs someone through the jaw, and you see the blade in his mouth, and and like and she has to watch, it and all she has to watch it all, and because she's like can't, and you're like almost more, you're worried about her, but you're worried about the whole thing. And there's one part where he cuts open her throat to fish out a ring from a woman's like trachea, uh, like this movie. I I really lo- dug this movie. I thought it was terrifying. I thought that. The mood was interesting. It was fun. It was interesting to see not a lot of the bright floor, bright colors. And when they did have really bright colors, uh, they were completely warranted because it was all set around an opera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised by how much I actually liked this film because the things that I had heard about it was like, eh, it's not that good. But I, I wonder if it's because it's different from the rest of his films and it's like later. You know, I, right. I forgot what year it is, but it's... 80, 87. Yeah, so... It's much later than Suspiria, and it just has a different vibe to it. It's like pre-90s, and it starts to be more like the movies that you see in the 90s that were actually good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the characters are all very realistic in a way. They're not very one-dimensional. Yeah. The the third act kind of falls apart logic-wise, and there's a there's... There's a terrifying sequence to it. There's, there's so this movie has a lot of good sequences, and the more I talk about it, the more I like it. But there's a sequence where a detective has been assigned to take care of her, to take care of mm-hmm. uh, of, of of the main character, um, and because she's all these murders have been happening around her, and she we you they the guy you know you, the detective comes, but she has like something in her eyes, and so she can't really see him. She's like puts it. She says it my this name. He comes in the house. And then her agent comes in to talk to her, and she's just like, "I already passed that guy." And you, then you're all at the same time. You realize 
he's in the he's like he's in the and you're not even sure if they are assuming he's the right person or if it's the person downstairs Mm -hmm. and it just plays really well i thought that sequence was pretty amazing yeah it's the classic like oh my god he's in the house thing right and it's just terrifying and yeah i think this movie surprised me a lot and the opera setting i think adds to the artistry of the set design and the cinematography and just the whole vibe of the movie um and the thing that like bothered me the most especially in the beginning before any of the horror happens is they have the production design of the opera that they're doing um they've included live crows or are they yeah, crows? crows yeah, yeah. crows and they like fly around and they like squawk squawk and there's all these close-ups of their eyes and like it just freaked me out so much. I was like, every time they show a crow and they hear it, I just want to like, ugh, yeah, like skin crawling. And the whole sequence with the with the the prima baller, the prima uh, like diva of the of that's supposed to do it and she can't handle the crows and therefore she kind of like walks out and gets hit by a car. Mm-hmm. I thought that's it's all shot from like POV. It's her POV and she's. I thought that was done really really well. It's all one continuous take. Very, it's you can kind of see a similar line between this and Deep Red. And some of the lessons learned through just being a better filmmaker, having more experience. I thought, no, I really dug this movie. The ending is okay, I guess. Yeah, I I feel like maybe they intended it to not have the little like coda at the end. And they added it on for some reason because it just feels separate and feels unnecessary. Yeah, the ending is it was inspired by um, Red Dragon, the uh, Hannibal Lecter story. Um, where the Tooth Fairy, uh, the Red Dragon character, the Tooth Fairy, Francis Dollarhide, fakes his own death and in a fire, and they can't identify it at first, and and then he's actually still alive, so therefore he can come, he can have one last scare, one like he can get free or whatever the the implication is in in this, and so the the Phantom does that, but he does it with a mannequin. I really have a hard time believing that they went in there like, oh, that's definitely a body, not a mannequin. Uh, <laughs> But it's really interesting because they didn't do that ending in Manhunter, the original telling of Red Dragon, but they did do it in the updated one with uh, Ray Fiennes uh, and uh, Edward Norton. But they did it in this movie, and he really liked it, and I think it worked really well. The coda maybe didn't need to happen of the of the movie. Yeah, um, I feel like it didn't. But I'll I'll, I'll go on a limb. Uh, I will say this is my favorite Argento movie. See, I I need to rewatch the Spirit because I haven't seen it in like ten years, and I really want to like experience that one before I say, officially say that this is my favorite. But wow, yeah, I really like this one. I would be interested to see because he also did remake Phantom of the Opera directly. Oh, that one's supposed to be horrendous. That was supposed to be really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be interesting to see what happened in that one. Um, but this one's definitely worth the watch. It's on Amazon. Uh, I would give it a watch. Yeah, it's. It's a more loose telling of Fan of the Opera, which I appreciate. I think it's a cool remake that is not a direct remake. Yeah. So if you like this, uh, please give us a rating. And um, yeah, if you want to listen to previous episodes, we got a whole bunch of them. Uh, my name's Andrew. And I'm Teresa, and this is 31 Days of Horror. <laughs>